What's up, Dagalos and Dagalettes? Welcome to another delicious episode of The Documenteers. Angela is with me for this episode, and we are discussing the film Lot Lizard by Alexander Perlman. I think this came, it's copyright 2011. I think maybe around 2013 is when it was first hit and shit. So we talk a lot about sex shit. And you know what? If you haven't figured out that this podcast isn't for children by now, this episode is really not for kids. But I do have an idea for a G-rated episode. I'll keep you posted on that. Lot Lizards, the story of truck stop sex workers and crackheads. Both, really. In some former, some at different stages. But go check this movie out. It is free to stream if you have Amazon Prime. So if you have that... You can just stream it, no problem. We've been hearing great things about things like Wild Wild Country and Wormwood. We haven't quite decided how we're going to tackle series yet. I feel like they are in our future, but uh, but we want to do them justice and maybe try not to just drag it out longer than it needs to be. And uh, we're still working it out. If the listeners of the podcast are any indication, uh, you can take their word for it. Those are wonderful series to watch. Also, you'll remember a few episodes ago, Keith Diddle, who worked for the CDD, who passed away uh, with an egg roll, I think, was in his throat, and his body got burned. But anyway, he is gone, and we promised a send-off for Keith, and it is at the end of the episode. So at the end of the episode, tune in for a heartfelt musical send-off for Richard, I mean Keith. Rest in peace. He'll be forever in our hearts. And now on to the film, Lot Lizard, by Alexander Perlman. Keep on docking. Now, here is a motion picture film. A thousand feet, 16,000 separate photographs. Let's tidy up this tangle of film by putting it on a reel. They say it's a party. You want to join? If it's some money at the party. It's always money at the party. You know that. Don't do that. I'm serious. I'm serious. Come here. Come here, get up here, let me talk to you, baby. But if we could find some kind of documentary like how somebody proved that Santa Claus was impossible or something like that, that could be fun. <laughs> a talk you you want to watch a documentary where someone proves that Santa Look, Claus is impossible. Look, I didn't say impossible. I wanted to, to do that, but I would. A searing expose on the Santa lie. <laughs> he would have to move it X light years per second. I don't know how to do that I'm, kind of math. I'm slowly breaking Stuart down to watch Zoo. You have to get Stuart to watch Zoo. He's gotten requests to do that movie. Not Did just, you tell him that I want him to do it? More than just you has I know, jokingly but... said, it's two movies, and they're jokes. What's it's, the other one? People are joking when they request these. They want. I'm not joking about they Zoo. They want Stuart and I to do Zoo and The Red Pill. You've never heard of The Red Pill, have you? I feel like I've heard of it, but I don't know what it is. I'll let you Google it later. Okay. I can't. I haven't even seen it, but I kind of know what it's about. I it's still, like an all right movie. I still want to do the Birchwood Fireplace. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> it's my favorite. <laughs> it's really good. It's really good. Look, I have strong opinions about the different fireplaces on Netflix. You got to watch closely to make sure that 
it's not skipping any frames. In it doesn't. How the burn patterns are. Well, but it also matters, like, each one has a different type of wood. Some of them have music. Some of them do not have music. Birchwood is the best. No music, just crackling. Let me tell you, the truckers in this movie, they've got some brave penises. <laughs> yeah. Because my dick was scared of this movie. There was a lot of scary situations. There was a lot of disturbing situations. There were quite a few. There were some sad situations. Delusional. There was plenty of delusion going on in this movie. I remember seeing it the first time I watched it, but I think I missed it the second time because I maybe was taking a note. It's something that happens very quickly. But you see like a reflection or something, and you see, describe the motion I'm making. It's a camera shot of a reflection. I think I know what you're talking and about. And I think it you're seeing a handy. You're not seeing like dick or nothing, but you're seeing arm motion like a handy. I don't remember this. They could have been pumping up a basketball. I don't know. <laughs> As you do. I mean in the cab of a truck. I've never night. I've never paid for the services of professional women. But Me they, but they are really good at pumping up like sporting equipment, getting air into shit. I would highly recommend hiring their services for that kind of stuff. Strong forearms. Strong forearms. We are talking about the film Lot Lizard. I know, it's not Lot Lizards. I tried to look up you and I, I swear we watched a documentary about lot lizards a decade ago. Longer than that. Probably. No, we've only been together like 12 years. I think it was. Well, if you go longer than a decade, you got I got a two-year window here. I'm pretty sure I know where we lived. But, but I think we ha I had a VHS, and I think it was called Lot Lizards. Yes. Plural. Yes. Way trashier. I'm pretty sure. So like, trashy. I'm there were blowjobs in it. I, me too, and nudity. And when you said you wanted to watch this again, the entire time, until I started watching this, I thought we were watching that. Because I hadn't looked this up at all. I hadn't done any research. And I was. that's why I've sort of been like, okay, I guess if you want to, we'll do it. I think maybe I just came across a very weird, random documentary that people know nothing about. I don't know. There was yeah. another one I found of that, and it was about the crack epidemic in this neighborhood in Atlanta. I'm guessing the setting was like the late 90s, early 2000s, but it was made by this rap clique, this crew, but not like the Dungeon family, not those guys like Outkast and Goody Mob, not those dudes, but some other dudes I still have not heard of. Huh. And they took cameras out into the streets and followed crackheads and they're doing this thing and suddenly there's you see a dude sucking another dude off for crack. yeah and they go into like a crack house at one point yeah like they take you through there there are people but they're, out of their mind but they're not like sensitive dudes like what led you to this position no they're like quit smoking that fucking crack i wish i still had that but that was used some, to have some random stuff and then at the end that the rap click had a video that wasn't very good mm -mm. i don't recall the song being very good but suddenly you're watching some dude blow another guy. Mm -hmm. It's not like angled subtly. A sideways oh, yeah. shot, dick in dude's mouth. I'm doing this for crack. And my world has never been the same since. I wonder what that was called. But we're talking about the film, not those films. We're talking about the film Lot Lizard by director Alexander Perlman, 2016. If you have Amazon Prime, you can stream this film for free. Amazon Prime Video... 
It's been described before as something of a documentary wasteland. There's some real trash documentaries on Amazon. Well, that's where Nintendo Quest is from. I think we've kicked Nintendo Quest enough. I was thinking about this in the car the other day, and I wouldn't give Nintendo Quest a zero. I would give them a one because they made a movie. The director of Nintendo Quest, Rob McCallum, has a movie that's also on Amazon Prime right now about he and his brother looking for his mother who's been missing since he was a teenager. What? And that is up our categorical alley. I want to watch that. So maybe soon Rob McCallum can redeem himself in your eyes. Okay. We're inching back in. We talked about a societal problem in our last episode. Yeah. Now we're like easing back into true crime. Or is this film I prefer to call technically true crime? It is really more cultural. This is probably more like Take Your Pills movie, really, in terms of issues that are going on with society. Yes. Addiction is all over this movie. Yes. Our next episode after this one, though this one's going to be so good, it'll knock your pants off. (laughs) Like cinnamon. We'll We'll talk about cinnamon. We'll talk about cinnamon later. (laughs) My dick wasn't scared of cinnamon. No, I actually thought of her earlier when you said (laughs) said that there was some sexiness. I was like, there was none. And then I thought, except cinnamon. But you read a little bit about Alexander Perlman. In searching for the other Lot Lizard documentary, everything I found was about Lot Lizard. I did not click on any articles to read extensively because I really just wanted to talk about what we had seen. And I also had just watched the documentary. So I didn't really want to go down a rabbit hole, like reading everything, which I knew I would would if I started clicking. But just from overviews of things that I read, a lot of the interviews that he was doing were like in 2013, talking about how he basically hitchhiked across the country to make this movie and how he got threatened by truck drivers. He got run off by policemen. He got secondhand crack high at one point. So they filmed people smoking crack quite a bit in this. Most of the people in this movie are either smoking crack or talking about how they smoke crack or used to smoke crack. Our girl who's really trying to get her shit together smokes weed. Well, the daughter has an issue. But the daughter has an issue because we'll we'll talk about that. We'll get into that later. And I understand that. But even the people who, I mean, everybody's doing something on some level. And that level is crack. That level is crack. You want to go through all the levels? (laughs) (laughs) of drugs i mean is uh crack uh lower than bath salts i have to i mean i don't have personal experience with with i almost said with some of this stuff i don't have personal experience with most drugs pcp uh no i bet crack's better than pcp people are punching windshields out when they're on pcp yes and bath salts make you eat brains so I don't think it's quite like that, but it seems like something <laughs> weird's going on with the bath salts. I think I think bath salts probably give you delusions. You're probably hallucinating and then doing crazy ass things. Generate uh, psychotic. But I don't states. know enough about it. Yeah, but th- that's what it seems because people legitimately like seem to go crazy on bath salts. We'll, um, we'll experiment and figure out what all this shit does. It's also a stunt podcast where we do every drug. Oh and God! Talk about it, brah. <laughs> But this Perlman guy, he hitchhiked Mm -hmm. shooting this movie. So I know the mom was in Florida because there was an orange tree in her backyard and shit. I know some of this took place in Florida. It seemed like all of it did. I mean, I know that I said that and I did read that line that he hitchhiked. Maybe he didn't hitchhike across America. Maybe he just hitchhiked around. But to be honest, he was following. I mean, I guess he could have filmed each one of these different 
women, basically, and then just pushed it all together. The places all look so much alike that you really don't know where you are. We meet a handful of female sex workers and briefly one male sex worker. Yeah. They don't cross paths. So, you know, for all we know, he could have shot one in a truck stop in Virginia. That's true. another in Florida. We don't know. I bet if we could find out if we researched a little more, but our documenteer's promise is that we will never do that. Exactly, which is why I didn't click on any of those articles. We want to come in with half-baked information. That's what our fans demand. And opinions. Yes. Strong opinions. Strong opinions on things we don't know very much about. Admittedly. That is our documenteer promise to you. What's up, docs? Do you like unfair judgment? <laughs> You've tuned into the right podcast. <laughs> we see a trucker is in the shadows. You it's a party, you want to join? Yeah, what you want? You know, like that cl- the classic exchange. And she says, "Is there money at that party?" The oldest exchange in mankind. Always money at the party. We hear a woman describe how when she grew up, she looked down on those kind of girls. But once you see how easy it is, it grows on you. And she's unapologetic. Yeah, she actually talks about it making her feel, and I don't know if this is exactly the way she said it, but the way she was talking about it, it's a powerful feeling to be able to make somebody come in 30 seconds. She said that. I don't think she said 30 seconds, but she said to make someone come quickly, to be able to do that, to have that, like, power... It's addicting. She said it was addictive. Most men would be uh, embarrassed that they they would come in 30 seconds. Lot lizards? They're about it. Think you're the best customer. That's turnover, making that money. Yeah. But she says, I love it. Who can take it from me? Apparently nobody. I do have to talk about, just for a moment, the opening credit sequence of this documentary because... I think it's from season three of True Detective. (laughs) It was bodies. Bodies with maps on them. Maps turning into skin. Elbows, maybe knees. You don't know what you're looking at. Hair stands up all of a sudden. It went on so long. <laughs> and a lizard. A lizard being shown over and over. Is there over. a lizard? You don't how I do you think not I re- stopped watching because I got bored. I didn't write anything about a lizard. I wrote very dramatic lizard eyeballs. He probably had a buddy that had a, a terrarium. I can make a true detective style intro. It was bad. This was a good documentary. That intro yeah. was bad. Yeah, this actually is a pretty good documentary, despite the Amazon Prime video Wasteland. Mm-hmm. This actually isn't bad, but there's issues. Then we see a lady in a hotel putting on makeup. We're going to come to get this to know this lady pretty well. She talks about how she really hates wearing all this makeup. She's really a tomboy at heart. And so this is when I started referring to her in my notes as tomboy. I really liked her right off the bat because she seemed very matter of fact about, you know, this is what I do and I'm putting on this mask. And then she says, there's really no reason for a woman to ever be broke because there's always something you can do. She's got her boyfriend with her, or, or as I like to call, Mr. Lucky. His name is Bobby. Good name. They're oh. staying in a hotel. I'd drop the H and add an M, but yeah. Okay, they're staying in a motel. Literally outside the window are the trucks. I yeah. don't think we see this at this point, but it's this recurring thing that happens throughout the movie where she'll go away and he'll come out of the room and stand against the railing just looking over towards the trucks. And it's one of the saddest fucking things. The fact that they live so close to this and she just runs out the house and just runs across to the trucks. 
But after she goes on that tirade about how a woman shouldn't be broke, we see her smoking crack. If you're going to make a drinking game to this movie, just exclude taking a shot whenever someone smokes crack because you will get alcohol poisoning. Yes. You'll have to be rushed to the emergency room. It's crazy. They go to the truck stop at this point. There's a lady on a CB on the radio of the truck. I think that's a CB radio. CB sounds right. Sure. Truckers are a big audience for podcasts. Hey, truckers. If any truckers are listening, let us know about that lot lizard life. Maybe you don't partake. I'm sure most don't. But if you do... Don't be ashamed. Tell us about it. And later, when we do talk about our friend Cinnamon, we'll give you a list of things you might want to keep near if you're going to be doing this sort of thing. So stay tuned. Look for Cinnamon, too. So the woman is on the CB talking about anybody want commercial. And then there's this guy who starts explaining that that means, in his words, pussy for sale. They use these code words. They get on the radio. They'll get somebody to let them use their radio. Now, whether they've just done something with that guy or someone else. I didn't catch that. No, no? I thought she was trying to sell ad space for her high school newspaper. (laughs) No. Okay. Oh. So I couldn't always tell if they were just like, hey, nice guy, let me use your CB radio to try to find somebody. Or if it was done with one, get on the radio to find the next one. I'm not really sure. But they were talking about how the ladies will get on there and use code words and talk about switch over to channel such and such if you're interested in this. And then they can talk more details like where are you, what's your truck, that kind of thing. And then I wrote crack. <laughs> That's, you can just write it up and down the page. I'm sorry. Look, I, I feel, feel like- so much for these people and for the issues that they're having. I really, really do. I don't, I mean, you know, you guys know us by now. There's something about the folks in this movie. It reminds me of the 80s, like my childhood. It feels like these people are trapped in time. I, I know these yeah. events are occurring in the 2010s, but it could be like 1989. Yeah. And what would be different, you know? Yeah. It's bizarre. Uh, Culturally, it just seems trapped in amber. Yeah, there's like this bubble around these truck stops where things don't move forward. And they talk about that. It's the same thing over and over and over again. And you get lost in there and you start doing this and you think you're going to do it for a month. And then you've done it for 10 years. They actually talk about one of the ladies that talks about that at one point. There's just at the end. They just do these voices. And she says that. I wasn't going to do this for my whole life, but now I've done this for my whole life. There's a woman, this woman, what did you call her? The one with the red hair? You gave her like a fancy name. Golden Lady. Golden Lady. She's got a boo too. His name's Mitchell. He wears an Air Force jacket. He's aged really well. Well, okay. He didn't age well. I mean, he looks a little out of it too. I don't think we ever see him smoking any drugs. I think he does though. You don't realize when you first meet them that he's her boyfriend because he just seems like a dude who's doing an interview with this film crew. And she walks by and is like yelling at him and like berating him, which is kind of her thing. Like her thing is like she tells guys that they can go fuck themselves and they ask her to marry them. Like that's her deal. Yeah. Like she treats them like shit. And you know, there's, I mean, there's people, guys and girls who get off on that stuff. Truck stop dominatrix. That's totally what I kept thinking. But does not put out money for the cool gear. Well, she doesn't need it. She just needs her trench coat or whatever she was wearing and her black turtleneck and jeans. But, um... I mean, if you got her a nice whip, she'd be like, yeah, I get to whip these men and she'd probably like it. But she'd sell it for crack. That nice leather. She talks about how... I wrote this quote down. My time is valuable. 
Even if I sit there and tell them they're assholes, that's still my time. I can't get that back. Ooh, own it. So her whole thing is that a lot of times she doesn't even fuck these guys. She just sits in their car and tells them they're dicks. As long as they're giving her money, she'll hang out with them. I mean, she might do something else with them. Sort of saying that a lot of times she doesn't, it doesn't get that far. She gets whatever money they're going to give her. She tells them to go fuck themselves and she leaves. Okay. I think maybe that's probably <laughs> not happened as much as she's making it seem. She talks real big. There's a lot of big talk from a lot of people in this movie. That's true. They're interviewing people that are high on crack, and you are getting a lot of, let me tell you something. It's not, like, totally to be dismissed. I mean, there is a, a culture here that a lot of people don't know about. A lot of people pretend like doesn't exist. A grain of salt some of this shit. And because yeah. literally there's a point in this movie where, who I call Golden Lady, the lady we're talking about, she goes, I don't smoke crack. And then three sentences later is like, yeah, I just smoke crack to do this. Well, Tomboy, who the one that I call Tomboy, because they don't give us names. We're actually about to talk about somebody named Jennifer, but that's like one of the few names that you actually get. Jennifer and Bobby are like the only two actual names I wrote down. Tomboy talks about she straight up is like, I don't turn tricks. Never. Never, ever. And then it just is, she just stares at the camera. And then she goes and pumps a basketball <laughs> in the parking lot. That's what I mean about the delusion. Like, there's a lot of delusion. But I'm just basically saying, like, that's how she talks. Like, she talks like she's in control and she's some big bossy bitch. They just give her money because she, they want to be around her. Talks about everybody asks her to marry them. Before we move on to Jennifer, I want to do an impression of Mitchell real quick. She's got that attitude because she's Jones of the crack. See how easy they put one over on you? Go ahead. No, I'm done. Oh, that was when, I forgot about that. That was because he gave her his truck keys. And that was before I knew he was her boyfriend. And he was talking about, did you just see that? I just gave my keys to a crackhead. Because also he is a trucker. Yeah. And he is her boyfriend. But she was going up to get in her boyfriend's truck to call around to find dudes. Or hunt for money or whatever she was going to do. We meet a woman wearing glasses. She's a mommy. She is a mommy. She has a daughter. Looks like the daughter's about eight or nine. Yep. My guess. Did she have a baby too? No, just the daughter. She has recently quit being a truck stop sex worker. If she had a baby, that baby wasn't there. The only child I ever saw was her daughter. Yeah. So she's trying real hard to get her life straight, be a good mother. They interviewed the daughter quite a bit. And she was talking about how, in a very little kid way, talking about how her mother was homeless and everything was horrible. How she used to sleep in her car. Sleep in her car. How she was mean all the time. Mean. I think the thing about the pot with the little girl is that she doesn't realize her mom did more than that. Because she puts a big emphasis on how her mom smoked pot and drank alcohol. Yeah. This little baby doesn't realize that her mom was smoking crack. Yeah. Which again completely different level this child equates drugs is drugs i would have been the same way i mean i thought cigarettes were basically drugs when i was a kid i thought they were terrible and awful um and you're a bad person if you smoked them i mean i didn't really think that because my auntie smoked cigarettes and i didn't think she was a bad person but you can be a real hypocrite when you're a kid sure you, you know? get real indignant about shit you know nothing about yeah i also noticed that she was driving her car at one point and she had like a cross up in the top and she never mentioned being in any kind of like 12-step program but i know that that's a huge thing if when you're trying to get straight if you do go into any kind of 12-step program it's really hard to find one that's not religious based i'm assuming her i'm she 
She had to have gone through one. It could have been a court order for all we know. She did actually have like a religious outlet. Yeah. I just remembered. She's in the car and she's really feeling proud about herself. And I actually drew a little heart next to this in my notes because she says she looked genuinely happy and she said the phrase, it feels great to be self-sufficient. And then she kind of smiled and said, well, I'm like 98% self-sufficient. And I thought that was like, so endearing because she's like trying really hard, but she also still recognizes that she's probably getting some sort of assistance that she's handling her business as much as she can. Yeah. We talked to a driver and the driver mm. talks about the the plight of the trucker, how the, the average trucker is just a regular person doing a very difficult job. Mm-hmm. You sitting down all the time. Studies are coming more and more because more people have jobs where they're sitting on their ass that it's really actually bad for you to sit down on your ass all the time. Amphetamines are very popular because truckers want to stay awake. Not a very healthy lifestyle. It's also not very mentally healthy because you're alone a lot in this vehicle. But he says trucks are the heart and soul of America. They show off their trucks. This is where I sleep. You're standing in my living room. I really like that part. I did too. This is the microwave. This one guy opens his cabinet that's just got a bunch of shit in it. And he goes, this is where the food's supposed to go. Some of these guys are going out for weeks, months at a time living in, how big would you say that is? Like four by six square feet? Like how do they even stretch their bodies out to sleep comfortably? Half the size of this room is probably still bigger. It's probably like the size of this pothole. Is that's their whole house. Oh, you mean the Shamco Studios. I'm that... sorry. I call it the pothole. Hmm. <laughs> One of the men is like, being in this truck can make you crazy. And when you go crazy, your dick gets less scared. At truck stops, apparently. <laughs> While they're sitting there talking to one of these guys, all of a sudden the radio comes on. Dude. Ladies talking dirty. And this dude is basically describing what she's really saying. Yeah. But he doesn't have to describe for too long because the woman does not seem to be very subtle. No, I think he expected her to be more subtle because some of them are, but this woman was not. We see a girl walking around. We, it's like a security camera shot, like a faraway shot of uh, a woman just walking around with her titty out. I didn't see that. Oh, you didn't? Uh-uh. The girl that you call Tomboy, I think that's a better name. I wrote Hustle Girl because... She had that Hustle shirt she on. She had the Hustle shirt, yeah. She said, being in love is horrible. It's the worst thing that's ever happened to me. She looks at her man, Bobby, great name, Mr. Lucky. I'm going to fucking burn you. And she starts like waving her cigarette at him, like jabbing it at him. But they're kind of joking. Like he's kind of laughing, right? There are moments where I feel like he looks a little scared of her. And then there are moments where they feel like they're kidding. I think he's rolling with a lot of it, but I think sometimes she gets a little nuts. She leaves and he just sits there all day trying not to think about what she's doing. I don't know what he does. He never seems to leave that room. You'd think he's a trucker too, but he never talks about... I mean, we see him leave on a bus at some point, but that could mean he could be a trucker and he leaves the job, and it's just not his rig. I don't know how that works. Though. I think at the end, when he gets on that bus, he's leaving her. We'll get there. The only place he ever goes until the very end is just out onto the walkway to look at the trucks. This is the point where she talks about how she's never turned a trick, never, ever. Yeah. And then I wrote, meth, question mark? Crack, question mark. I didn't know what was happening, but I think it was all crack. I don't know enough about these sorts of drugs to be I able think to it see. was all crack. Meth may be on Easter, you know, if it's there. New Year's, maybe there's meth. Oh, and then this is your golden girl again, I think. Talking about she doesn't get naked. Yeah, she says she doesn't get naked. She's not a crack whore. She earns it. It's a job. It's a job. Yes. 
Sure. Yeah. She doesn't kiss. Nobody's caressing her. Not an unusual rule. She points out, Golden Lady, that she can't do this job straight. It's yeah. nearly impossible. She also says she doesn't do caressing. We meet... Miss Tequila goes by T. And Miss T does it all. Miss T is presented almost as a, as a contrast to Golden Lady. We only meet her this one time. She doesn't come back to us. They go and interview her sort of in like another motel room. Her whole deal is that everybody in this life has a purpose. And this is her purpose. She's owning it up. She's like, I could have been a fucking nurse. I, yeah, she's like, I could have been a nurse. I could have done this or that. I could be dead, but I'm still here. This is why I'm here. Tequila the penis nurse. But look, if you ever see tequila, she'll do whatever, man. She'll do it all. Jennifer's terrible at sweeping. Props to her for taking care of her house. You don't get an attic to sweep your house. I feel <laughs> like with Je Jennifer, as you go further and further into this movie, you start to see a little more strain. At first, yeah. when we meet her, she's, she seems very confident. Mm -hmm. She's very happy to be in the position she's in. Uh, this time when she sees her, she discusses how this is the first time truly on her own. Yeah. Since having all these problems and working as a truck stop sex worker and how she says in an almost sad way that she doesn't even smoke pot. Also, we didn't mention this, but part of the whole thing when the first time we meet her is that she's rented this apartment for the first time. She's never had her own place to live. And so that's why she's like taking pride in like cleaning up, you know, making this house. We learn a term. Is it 40, 60, 80? I wrote down three sets of numbers. First was 40, 50, 60. 40, 60, 80. But sometimes you got to size up the man because sometimes you can go 60, 81. Let me break it down. Please do, because I had to rewind this a few times to try to understand what she was saying. Me too. We'll go 40, 60, 40, 68. That seems to be the most common. 40, sucking that dick. Blow jobs. Red blow jobs, yes. 60 is getting it in. Or straight, as they would call it. Straight sex, I guess. Just fucking. And 80 is sucking it and getting it in. Everything. Oh, Which, yeah. that's what Miss Tequila... I bet Miss Tequila do more than that. <laughs> One girl is describing the process of this and how when she started, she's, she was basically like, you come out one night, and it's kind of like a lark the first time you kind of do it. Then suddenly you're walking home with six hundred dollars, and it's like, damn. I think that's the that's the addicting part because you can make so much money in one evening. No one grew up imagining that they would do this, but once they cross this threshold, after a while, it was like it was nothing. And if there's nothing going on in like your shitty town, literally an interstate truck stop's probably like the most populated thing in mm -hmm. a lot of places in America. I know a lot of people like to pretend that we're all starting off at the same ground, but the truth is pe people are starting off in a hole. They're yeah. coming from environments of no expectations. I mean, I was raised by my grandma, and I remember when people would ask about me after I'd moved out and going to college, she would say, he's doing good. He got his high school diploma. To her generation, just having a high school diploma mm -hmm. was like, oh, you're fine. Now, by our standards, a high school diploma, they practically just hand you those things. Right. But these are environments where it seems like a lot of people, economic depression factoring in, mm -hmm. the struggles that come from that, that can lead to things like addiction. Forget you know, starting on first, second, or third, some people aren't even, like, showing up at the ballpark until way late in the game. That's a lot of who we're dealing with in this movie. When you come from that environment where it's just shit, and then you cross that threshold, and you're making, like, a half a grand, and all you had to do was wiggle your hands like this and do your mouth like that. One girl, the girl who's kind of breaking down 
how easy it is to get started and how you make 600 in a night. She says that the most she ever made in one night was 1350. So you have a night like that and you think, well, hell, I can go do whatever I want for a while. And then when you run out of money, then you go back. A lot of them talking about paying their baby's bill, like paying, getting their baby to the doctor, paying their bills. Paying their baby's bills. <laughs> paying their baby's bills. My baby ran up my phone. <laughs> Buying diapers. I mean, these are the things they are trying to get this money for. It's not. Our high know. class call girl listeners are guffawing at that amount. I mean, 40, 60, 80. Yeah. I was shocked by that. I mean, I get it and I know it. And we've seen things like this before. You know, like we've, we've, we've read things and watched things about other situations where women are in similar positions. But even just hearing that, knowing that that was just a few years ago, that that's what's happening now, that you can pay a woman $60 to have sex with you doesn't seem like enough. Doesn't seem like enough. But here's the thing. If she's okay with that, okay, fine. I don't, personally have a problem with any of this i worry about the ones that are addicted to the drugs right and that that's what that's happening and you get into the spiral of like then you have to keep doing this thing because you can't get another job because you need to buy your drugs but if it just comes down to like a woman's decision to say while i'm in college i'm gonna go to the truck stop on the weekends so i don't have to have a regular job which one of the girls said like i'm just doing this while i'm in school if that's what she wants to do that's her decision to do that if they're addicted to crack, is it really all about, I mean, well, that's they what want I said. crack. Well, well, and I said, that's a different sort of situation to me where you do kind of get in this cycle, right? Mm. That's hard to get out of. So then there is like kind of this gray area of how much of a choice do they have? They never really got into any talk of pimps or anyone like managing these ladies or like being in charge of them at all. For some reason, we get a really long shot of Bobby's feet in socks rubbing together roast me out i really connect with bobby yeah as and i just said that and i thought that is you which is disgusting i love you i am don't not disgusting don't tell, don't tell people i'm disgusting i mean i just don't like rubbing feet together okay creeps me out anyway he wants to have a baby with tomboy i don't know if he said i want to have a baby did he say want? no he said doesn't she want to have a baby well he says to her if we find out you're pregnant we're going into a program I know oh, you don't like she, to hear it. Right, because she was feeling sick. She's always twitching. But then he goes, don't you want a big head with curly hair? Or something like that, which I thought, I mean, I guess like maybe he meant obviously in a baby. She play slaps him and then bites the shit out of him. And then I wrote, they are sweet. There is love there, which is probably why that's so difficult. Is it in the good moments, it's good. But in the bad moments, it is devastatingly bad. You know, just because it's love don't mean it's healthy. No, I, God, absolutely not. We see Golden Lady again. Again. She's talking about her man. I think I wrote that out as her husband, but I don't actually know that. At one point, she asks him if they're still engaged, and he says no. And she goes, tomorrow we will be. So they're not married, but... She's going on about how she's basically like, I've never cheated on you, have I? I guess sex working's not cheating. Right. I think that's a, you know, I guess it's based on the standards that you choose to live with. Because because to her, that's her job. That's not cheating. And according to her, she can scream at someone's penis and just make money. <laughs> Apparently. But she asks him if he's ever cheated on her. He's like, a couple times. Mm-hmm. Apparently, he had asked her to have a threesome. I believe it was a devil's threesome, the most scandalous of all threesomes. I think she said that was the only time that she got naked with another man besides him, but it was because he asked her to and he was there. Oh, uh, yeah. But yeah, she does ask him if they're engaged. He's like, maybe not right now. She goes to, I assume it's her mom's trailer. Her mom. This is where the cats are. Yeah, there's cats and shit everywhere. 
They love aminals. Who doesn't? Her mom, she shows this picture of her daughter, and she is beautiful. Beautiful. She looks like an 80s movie star. She looked like the kind of girl that probably every boy in her class wanted to be with. Yeah. And then showed another picture of her of this long, bright red curly hair. And she really seemed happy. We don't stay, we don't all keep our 19-year-old looks. My 19-year-old self would, uh, will get everyone going. But I'm not 19 anymore. <laughs> Apparently, I look the same. That's what they say. <laughs> her mom loves her, but she can't understand her. And the mom scenes, they show the cycles of poverty. They show how this beautiful girl, given the situation of where this mom is and the environment, mm -hmm. it's not too far off from a truck lot. It doesn't matter how beautiful you are. The world will fucking take a shit on you. Yeah. Jennifer. Man, this was tough. She interviews the truck driver. It, now, Jennifer, remember, is the ex-sex worker. She's trying to get good raising her kid. She interviews the driver who got her in to truck stop sex work. And he talks about how at first she would just go, he would call her up and be like, hey, come, come, come hang out with me. And they would have sex and he would give her money. And he talks about how he doesn't even know anymore how it switched from them just hanging out and him giving her money to help her out is how he said it started to him basically paying her to have sex. And then eventually he was pretty much selling her to other dudes because he said at one point and he broke down and cried at this point because I really do feel he has a lot of regret about this period of time who knows what he's doing now you could tell he was disturbed by the fact that he did this but she was fucking this other guy and he was like how are we even here and she made eye contact with him and he felt like she was trying to tell him that she wanted out of the situation but he like didn't know what to do or didn't know if he was reading it correctly and maybe he also felt like he was in over his head i don't know but he cries but he cries he starts bawling as he should. I'm glad that he felt it because he's taking on the responsibility of, like, I put you in a bad situation. I made a decision that wasn't good. I helped lead you down a path that she ended up not wanting to be in. After this, Jennifer goes to a chapel. The Transport for Christ. Chaplain Jim. He yeah. seems like a pretty nice guy, He actually. does. He really does. And, but Jennifer says that this chapel has seen so many of her tears. They actually go through a few chapels. Yeah, they show, it's kind of like this whole other side of it is there's these people who know that this stuff's going on, know that there's, you know, truck drivers who might need counseling, but also these women. And it's, they've taken it upon themselves to travel to these truck stops in these mobile churches. One of them actually on the side said, Church on Wheels to minister to truck drivers. And that was what it said. I mean, it was huge letters. Like, we want to be clear this is what this is. And this guy talks very dramatically, and he's very homophobic, and he talks in great detail on how he feels like that sex between two men, you know, man riding in his truck for, for a thousand miles is the dirtiest thing a man can do. He basically came off like a Fred Phelps type, like the kind of churches that make people not want to go to church anymore. And it is at this point that we... Extremely briefly, I wish we'd kind of stuck around on him a little bit. Me too. But he is a, a male sex worker. Yeah. That services other men in the truck stops. A little time we get with him, he talks about how people threaten to fucking kill him and bash his head in. And, yeah. But he's out there working, and he gets work. And he's in his little car talking on his radio, talking about anybody want massages. And that's his code for BJ's. We see a uh, tomboy. Yes. She's counting money. She's kind of rocking. She gets in a fight with someone on a phone. 
And then she's yelling at her man and crying, like, what do you want me to do? She's talking to, I, I'm guessing I'm guessing Bobby. Bobby, yeah. So she, what, she's like, I'm trying me, to get there. I'm trying to not to spend this money. Well, because she's got, she says she's only got a hundred bucks she's, and she needs to go somewhere, but she really wants to spend the money on crack and she's having a really hard time. She says she's getting hot. That's yeah. how she describes it. Yeah. And she's trying not to spend. We get to Golden Lady and she's at the truck stop and she's in the car and she's talking about all this shit. And then she starts talking about how she doesn't have to stay at the truck stop all night because she can smell money. She knows when is the time to go to the truck stop to get her money. Cinnamon. Cinnamon is very pretty. Pretty hair. She got her hair done. She is brushing her hair while she's talking and she rattles off this list of things that she always has with her when she goes she to the truck stops. She brings condoms. A comb. She brings wipes. Mm -hmm. She brings dick funnels. Makeup. Crab shampoo. She brings ball masks. A knife, a change of clothes. This is when we. Valtrex. <laughs> this is when we meet the police. Unless you have more things to say about Miss Cinnamon. Just that she's great. Yeah, she seemed to like be cool. As scared as my dick was throughout this movie, it came out to say, "What's going on with Cinnamon?" <laughs> was on the screen it would shoot back up into my body <laughs> soon but now angela we've done a lot of documentaries and yeah. we've met a lot of low life pieces of shit in these documentaries we've called uh everyone losers from the president gerald foos uh gosh who are some big jerks eileen Mornos's lawyer her adopted mother. In this next scene, we meet probably the biggest fucking loser He's ever. Disgusting. And we met a, a, a homophobic preacher like not too long ago. And that guy's a dirtbag. But this guy, he introduces himself as White Devil. <laughs> he works security at this truck stop. And he's talked about how truckers have tried to pull him over or run him over. Said he's had weapons pulled on him uh, because there he's trying to keep the lot lizards from running around the truck stop. He's trying to keep out, in his words, the prostitution and drugs. He's asked why he's called White Devil. And he says it's because... He'd be really nice to someone that would turn on them real quick. Yep. I have a feeling White Devil is a nickname he gave to himself. Yes. He is a terrible, terrible person. He's exactly what is wrong. He is exactly the epitome of the opinion that women who are sex workers are a lower life form. Yeah. This, he doesn't see these women as women anymore he's the reason, of what they do. He's the reason why serial killers over the years have gotten away with murder yeah. For years. Yeah, because there people are people like who agree with him. There are people who think this way. And to hear someone actually saying these words, like, so righteously, like, not preachy, but he just believes this. This is just, this is how things are. You can tell that he really enjoys the control he has yeah. over a truck stop. And he really enjoys coming down hard on impoverished, addicted women. And he actually says, they're not even human to me. They're just trash. They're spreading disease. Mm. And it's like, well, it takes two to spread that disease. Yeah. The fucking truckers yeah. are also equally spreading diseases. We don't linger on that shithead. Thank but I, God. But I think up to, to date, this guy might be the biggest loser we've ever seen. Yeah. He's at the tip top. White Devil from Lot Lizard is so far the biggest loser covered 
on the documenteers. Now we get a, a fact. I wanted to point out that there was a typo in this fact. Was Did there? Did you notice? No. It said the mortality rate was 40 times higher than average for sex workers. Yeah. But the T in the first T in mortality wasn't in it. So it morality? says it said the morality rate of truck stop sex oh, workers no. is 40 times higher than ever. Mr. Perlman. Now watch that Mr. shit, Mr. Perlman, come on. <laughs> the morality rate. Truck stop se sex workers are just morally better, 40% better than everyone else. 40% more moral. Not even specifically truck stop sex workers, but just any sex worker yeah. is putting themselves, they just are in more danger. Yeah. Because of the because of the work that they're doing, there are people who try to take advantage of them, and it's terrible. And then these women start talking about the awful things that have happened to them while they have been working, like getting robbed, obviously, like not getting paid, getting kicked out of a car, getting raped, getting shot. Yeah, we, we hear women are describing stories of being beaten by police and yeah. Johns. Yeah. Some scary-ass shit that you would have to be fucked up to go through. Gunshot scars. This one woman was talking about how she got scared in the car and the guy was acting crazy, and so she jumped out of the car. She heard some loud noise but she, or something, but she jumped out of the car and didn't realize until she was down the street that she was shot. And I don't know if that was shock or like you just said, because maybe she was high and somehow was able to like run away because of that. Or if it was adrenaline, who knows? We but... really need to, to decriminalize prostitution. Amen. I mean, it's not going to clean the streets. I mean, I no, mean, business, but... you can regulate, you can, you can help protect you can have databases so that if someone goes missing, it's, it's not nothing's ever going to stop a person if they want to from going out on the street and just propositioning. Sure. I think it would cut down on it, but it's not going to completely stop that. But it should be decriminalized. No one should be locked up for giving people what they want that doesn't kill or hurt. Exactly. And if people are getting hit or stabbed, the people who are doing the hitting and the stabbing that need to be locked up. Not exactly. The providing a demand that will always be there no matter what you do. How brave and amazing we are. We'll always be there and has always been there since the beginning of fucking time because it is a job. Documenteers is very pro-hoan. We support. You do you. We want you to get over your addictions, though. You do Hoeing need is different than sex working. <laughs> yes. I just have to say that out loud. I cannot let that slide. It's because I listen to too much of that hip and hot music. <laughs> And it's tainted my vocabulary. Well. We touch base on Jennifer, the mom. Jennifer's talking about how she needs a job. Yes. Jennifer's got nice nails. Yeah. You got to impress that middle manager at Kmart with them nails. Remember you got your nails done and you're like, you think people will notice my nails? Because you don't get your nails done that often. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I don't know because I don't look at people's nails, right? But then you were like, for two weeks, people keep complimenting People still, I mean, I've only my had nails. my nails done for three weeks at this point, and I got complimented yesterday. You never know when Richard Gere is going to roll into town. And she's barely making it work, but you can tell that she's hurting. She's not coming out and saying it right now, but you can tell. Yeah, I mean, what she does talk about is money being difficult and how it's really hard to think about the idea of going to a job five days a week where she has to be away from her child for five days a week to make $8 an hour to make maybe 300 bucks at the end of the week when she could go out one night 
for a couple hours and make 300 bucks. So you can see her thinking, not about going back necessarily, but how easy money that would be. She knows that's not a situation she needs to put herself in. She could probably come out with 500 bucks in just a few hours work Mm -hmm. if she did just slip down on that truck stop. We go back to Golden Lady. I don't know why I call her that. I just wanted to give her a nice name, I guess. (laughs) We find out later her name is Betty, actually. Oh, I never caught that. But we'll stick with Golden Lady. because Bobby and Betty? No, Bobby's not with Betty. I'm sorry. Mitchell's with Betty. Betty and Mitchell. Bobby is with Tomboy. Yes, whose name I really don't think we ever hear. Mitchell is listening to Golden Lady set up a job on the CB. And he's talked about how he's bailed her out multiple times and that he's tried to drag her out of the game, get her away from the lot. This is according to him. Mm Mm-hmm. But that she always comes back. And she manages to score a job. They're they're standing by each other. Yeah, they're talking. They're talking very honestly about this. And then a man comes walking around this truck and she walks up behind him. This is all, the camera is on Mitchell. Mm Mm-hmm. You see Golden Lady walk up to this man. Have a brief conversation. Mitchell is, he's talking a little bit. Eventually, he's not talking. He's just standing there. And you're watching her and this man walk off around the other side of the truck and while Mitchell is just kind of awkwardly standing there smoking a cigarette. Pretty cringy. Now, I was, when I, after I watched this movie, I looked up a certain name in this movie. Yeah. And I'm thinking, like, well, this person's the star of the damn movie. You know, mm-hmm. we haven't met this person up until this point. Yeah. And I'm like, this is the star of the movie. I bet I Googled image search this movie. I'm going to get so many pictures of this person. Mm-hmm. Not a one. None? I don't understand. I mean, maybe deep in the internet, but not in an initial search. Wow. I feel like I don't understand the internet because we meet someone called Sunshine. Sunshine, lollipops, and rainbows. I don't understand how she's not like somehow a meme sensation. I feel like people need to know who Sunshine is because she really rounded out this movie for me. I I don't necessarily see her as being a meme, but I would think that there would at least be clips of her as an example of what this movie is. You know, like she's, gosh, she is a tragic, beautiful person. I felt so many feelings when we met her. I felt like her voice was so useful. She's a little person. So sweet. She's got this voice that's very kind of vibrant. Yeah. And it's maybe cracked a little bit, but she sounds very young to me. Let me play a little something. Okay. Put me down because I can't see. And they, they shouldn't say, hey, just because I'm blind don't mean I can't get up off my funky ass and do dishes and clean the house. She can get up off her funky ass. She sure can. And Sunshine, yes, is blind. Now, as we talk to Sunshine, we also go back and forth with people that know Sunshine and are giving context to her history and apparently she started this shit when she was 18 yeah they were talking about how she was such a beautiful 18 year old when she started coming around but then she got in with this guy named spider and he was bad news and he hurt her bad took all her money he got arrested he killed a guy apparently yeah she's blind because she has stage three syphilis sunshine lollipops and rainbows there is no reason and it's not in this ni- day and age to have stage three syphilis. And it's not 1940, after 2010. But this is again, they said, you know, she was bopping in and out of all these trucks, and like, who knows 
who she got it from when. Who knows she gave it to? Who knows she gave it to? She didn't go to the doctor. She maybe didn't realize anything was wrong or she didn't care. Yeah, I mean, syphilis nowadays is actually very treatable. Uh, Unless you can't afford to go to the doctor. Yeah, unless you do make a lot of money but spend it all on drugs or have a shitty pimp that beats you and takes all your money. I don't know what she does on a daily basis, but when we were talking to her, she seemed pretty straight. You know, like she seemed... She didn't seem on anything to me. I didn't, yeah, I didn't get that vibe. She's at a truck stop. I assume she's working. Yeah, it was weird to me. I wasn't really 100% positive because she talked about how, she talked about it in past tense. She said, I never called myself a prostitute. I was a working girl. And so I almost wonder if now she's sort of in a place where maybe she does give like a handy sometimes, but maybe these guys who've known her since she was young just throw her a 20 when they come around. I think a lot of that happens too. Or buy her a meal, like here's a burger. You get the vibe that people are, it's probably too little too late at this point, but that people are kind of taking care of her. And these guys who were talking about her, they seemed, they were definitely probably older than she is, for sure, because they remember her being like 18, but they look younger than her. Like she's lived a hard life, but they really genuinely talked about her with caring. They felt bad for where she's ended up. Not that it was their fault, but, you know, they felt they felt for her. If you're out there trucking and you meet a sunshine, she's got a big heart, but she has stage three syphilis, so. She loves puppy dogs. She does, who doesn't? I know, but there was a puppy, and that was that almost broke my heart. Like, I just. Well, talk to me. Yes, I told Yes, I told you she's so excited. It is really cute to watch her uh, play with a dog. She really genuinely, she seems like. A genuinely sweet person who just has had a really rough, bad time of it. She got in with the wrong people and just has never gotten out. She's lived a hell that most people can't even imagine. Yeah. And still somehow has joy. Watch this movie and just look at Cinnamon. Look at Cinnamon? No. You cannot forget Cinnamon. Well, yeah, look at Cinnamon. But Sunshine. Sunshine, lollipops, and rainbows. Cinnamon and Sunshine should be in like a sitcom together. Cinnamon could take care of Sunshine and Sunshine could do the dishes. Yeah. And they could get puppies. She can get up off her funky ass and... (laughs) She sure can. I just, I love that. Pick her up off her funky ass and take her home and take care of her. I'll put a picture of Cinnamon up when I'm promoting this episode on Instagram. Yeah. At Documenteers. Tomboy is, uh, she's getting a little crazed. This is when I wrote that Bobby seems scared of her. She's going on like half of what you see is not really what you're seeing. This is what I'm talking about, like how these uh, these crackhead lectures, like, let me tell you something. Mm-hmm. And the truth is what they're doing, not what they're saying. Well, you can pretty much say that about anybody, really. But she asked Bobby to call a guy for her. Because her make, she left her makeup in his truck. And I somehow think that that was a line for him. I think that pushed him over an edge. They have a long hug, and then she's gone to put air in basketballs. There's a shot of Bobby just kind of sitting there. One of the filmmakers... I mean, I know Alexander's there. I don't know if someone's traveling with him. It could be. Or the camera's just set up on a tripod and Alexander's there. But Alexander's like off camera. You never see him and he barely right. talks. No, I don't remember hearing him really. Which is good. Yeah. And he's me- he's just messing around on a harmonica. I wondered what the hell that was. And, and you can tell Bobby's really sad. And he's thinking about his lady, but he's also very fidgety because he's cracking. But he's also somehow a little entranced by the harmonica. He's just kind of... You can tell Bobby's just really processing a lot right now. And that harmonica is almost 
focusing him in a weird way. I hate harmonicas. Yeah? Yeah. There's a few I don't like that are out there. It's like harmonica saxophone. Calm down on ukuleles for a minute. Oh, my God. You know, an Amanda Nolan can sound nice, but I live in Nashville, so every house has one. I'm serious. If you live in Nashville and you go to, like, parties, guarantee you'll hear someone say, hold on, let me get my mandolin. Forgive me if you're listening. I do not remember who said this to me. Someone the other day said that they wanted to have a little girl and teach her to play the ukulele because they thought that would be so adorable. And I threw up in my mouth a little. <laughs> of course it would be adorable. Of course it would be adorable. If, if you, you could teach her any instrument... <laughs> The little girl would make it look adorable. Teach her accordion. Yeah. Look, oh, that would be so cool. She'd be cool. so cute playing the accordion. Oh, that would be so cool. Okay. Or the didgeridoo. Or just like classic recorder. Come on. We uh, touch base with Jennifer again. We see her hitting a bong, a little bubbler. Yeah. And the daughter knows where her shit is. Like, she opens this up a pantry. This is the thing. The daughter shows, shows the film crew where the pot is and says that her mom has become a bad mom again. She's lying again. Because she's lying because she said she wouldn't do it anymore. Look, mom, don't hide your weed by the hostess cupcakes because obviously your daughter knows where I thought she was in the closet. I guess. I thought it was like the pantry. But here's the deal. If you've got kids, lock your shit up. For real. You don't have to get fancy, but lock your shit up. You've got children. Now, by our standards, people who don't smoke crack, right? marijuana, big deal, right? Who cares? I have the thought that maybe the daughter is being very hard on her. But the mother also has had a history of addiction. Yes. People who know their ass from a hole in the ground know that marijuana is not a gateway drug. But if you've already had addictions to harder drugs... And this, yeah. I don't even think this is very common. I'm sure most people, even if they've had other problems, could just smoke some weed and be fine. Sure. But there, but for a lot of people who remember those stronger highs from other drugs, they might try to just smoke some weed, but it's just not doing it's anything not for them. Absolutely. I've read a lot of things about it very much helping people get off opioids, you know. Yeah. But that's because it helps with pain. There's a different sort of thing that they're using it for to help them that's less damaging to them but but yeah in this situation also like we were talking about the kid doesn't know the difference to a kid drugs are drugs and like you're saying people are different and there are some people who have to go cold turkey or they will go all the way again you know with anything alcohol anything sex addiction whatever your thing is like if you if you need to stay completely away from something to not go all the way in, then you know that. I'm almost a month without a cigarette. I'm not drinking. And I probably wouldn't smoke a cigar, at least yeah. not for a very long time. Because I know that these things, while they are not smoking cigarettes, they can easily lead to it. Yeah. Coffee is hard enough. And I love coffee. But the mom is breaking down. She says she hasn't done dope in three months at this point. She's doing good. It's been three months. That doesn't mean it's easy. She says, today is awful. She's talking to the chaplain, and she's just crying. She says she just wants to get high. And another thing, weed, unless you're living in some place where it's legal, is can be quite expensive on a black market scale. So if she can't get, if she needs money for other things, you know, if she can't yeah, get that Kmart be, job, yeah. then she's spending like 60 and 8, you know, at, at least. 
Maybe she's just getting that schwiggity. I don't know, but. I mean, we can know. She getting her nails done somewhere. She getting weed from somewhere. Maybe she's getting it on the cheap. Fuck our judgments. I feel for her. She's struggling. I do too. She deserves a chance. She deserves a job because she is trying. She's trying so hard. Why did that person at Kmart not hire her? And I know that daughter has been through some stuff that she doesn't deserve regarding her mother. Absolutely. But she does not have the wisdom to know her struggle. Well, and but the other thing is, though, is that the trust between that mother and daughter is very thin. Mm-hmm. And yes, maybe the weed kind of helps a little bit. And maybe she feels like she needs that. And maybe like that's just enough to keep her from not doing something stronger. But a child doesn't understand the difference between that and something harder. Mm-hmm. And if you want that baby to trust you, you keep that shit away from them. Yeah. Because you have to get, like, that kid can't understand that. And that kid just remembers as soon as she sees that pipe, thinks, my mom's going to fucking be a bitch again. Don't she go to school? Don't she got, like, a, you send her off the... Maybe it was the summer, because she was home a lot. I don't know. My grandma sent my ass to, like, Bible school. Like, yeah, summertime, go to Bible school. I bet they don't have Bible school at... Trailer Park Church. Well, no, I said Trailer Park Church. I meant uh, meant meant Truck Stop Church. I bet you they do. (laughs) I meant Truck Stop Church. The chaplain is there, the nice one. He's saying, well, we just need to structure things. We need to structure things. But that advice, good advice is cheap. Mm -hmm. And that advice is not helping. She's she's stressed because she can't get a job. She wants to take care of her kid. The stress is making her want to get fucked up. Telling her she needs to structure her life. Sorry, chaplain. You seem like a nice guy. You ain't doing shit for this woman right now. And he goes in to hug her, and she's like, I don't want to hug. I don't want that right now. Yeah. He backs off. She talks about how she just wishes she could vanish. She's struggling hard. And, you know, it would be so easy to just go down to the truck stop and sell it. But you can't do that work without being fucked up. Yeah. It's probably the avoidance of the hard drugs more than it is the sex work itself, truly. Yeah. Golden lady, she says she doesn't smoke crack, and then two sentences later is like, she does crack to keep from killing someone, and then she openly is like, I have PTSD. I believe her. She says she's educated, but she's been through so much shit that she can't, yeah, she can't deal with life. She says she does crack like other people smoke weed or drink beer. We see Bobby walking down a highway. He's saying Mm. how he's really been analyzing things with uh, Tomboy. Things are just bad. And he can't really change her and he can't change himself when he's with her. He's just said, I don't want things to be bad forever. Yeah. He was trying to just stick it out through the bad times. But But times are always going to be bad. And he takes off on a bus. We see uh, Tomboy on the phone. She's crying. They seem very broke up. Maybe after filming, he came back. I don't know. Well, she even says in that moment to him, how many times have you told me it was over? Yeah. And then you've come back. She says, you always come back. And eventually she cries and hangs up. And the movie ends with Jennifer, the doldrums of a life of poverty. And we just see her in a laundromat, just doing her clothes. Someone who is desperate to just keep their head above water. The final, final shot, her looking across the street, at a bunch of trucks. And that is that movie, Lot Lizard, Alexander Perlman. I feel like we thought when we started recording this that this was going to be fun. It's also like really sad and really shows you this part of life that you don't normally see and really exposes kind of this whole 
area that we don't run into on the daily basis, but you know is happening right now. And it's a culture that we probably don't have to drive too far to find. Oh, no, not at all. The movie's raw without being needlessly explicit, but it's being just very straightforward. And now it's time to rate this movie. And we don't rate in stars. That's for White Devil. White Devil loves stars. He's got stars on his little security uniform. Stars are my favorite shape. Shut up. <laughs> you should get the head of Werner Herzog tattooed on your back. Just like, what's his face? Roger Stone. Roger Stone. Has a tattoo of Richard Nixon. I'm not dismissing that idea. I think that'd be a great idea. I think it is a great idea. But we rate in the revolutionary Werner Herzog rating scale. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to give this movie one through five Herzogs. Okay. You're going to give this movie one through five Herzogs. We're going to combine them with a result of best out of ten Herzogs. Yes. This film, Lot Lizard by Alexander Perlman, we've talked about the wasteland of Amazon Prime documentaries. Or, or documentaries that are featured on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. It can get rough. There's a lot of weird conspiracy alien junk out there. So much. Which I like falling asleep to. <laughs> sure. There's like weird true crimey things. Um, this movie, compared to all of that, is actually really good. Yes. This movie stands out quite a bit. And I feel like this is one that a lot of people have not heard of. Mm-hmm. It's buried in the Amazon Prime documentaries. You could easily pass this over. Absolutely. And not realize what you're missing. And I came across it based upon all the other fucked up shit we enjoy watching. Mm-hmm. And this appeared, and then I watched it. And after watching it, I was like, I kind of like that. I think we need to do it. Now, this movie wasn't perfect. I described how much I liked its rawness. Views from all sides. We had addiction, but we had people who were very honest about people within the movie, mm-hmm. about the trucker culture. It seemed like I really did get a nice, cohesive picture of an angle of a culture. I know most truckers out there, they ain't like cruising on lot lizards. And there's plenty of proud women out there trucking as well. But the slight imperfection of this movie, that opening credit scene, that true detective <laughs> yeah. theme thing that they had going on, a little too much. Also, you misspelled <laughs> the misspelling of the fact, the morality rate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sex workers are very moral people. 40% more moral. 40% more moral. Than, than your average else. person that's not a sex worker. But you know who else ain't perfect? Us. Yeah. Me, Shit. You. Yeah. The people in this movie. The Harry Dicks. And swampy balls of these truckers. Those ain't perfect. <laughs> no. But I'm going to give it up. I think this movie, Lot Lizard, by Alexander Perlman, I think it's a solid four out of five Herzogs. Because I felt enlightened, and I enjoyed it. And it also like made me sad as well, as yes. it should have. Yes. I mean, this is what poverty looks like, folks. So take a peek. Angela? This movie... Like I said, when I sat down to watch this, I thought I was watching some weird VHS tape that we watched a decade ago that was going to be even more raw and much dirtier than what we did watch. I was not expecting to be as moved as I was by this, to be as drawn in as I was by this. I also hated the beginning. Who wouldn't? But (laughs) 
that opening credit sequence aside, I really don't have a single problem with it. I think that it told the story in a very honest way. I do love that it was as though he tried to fit as many people in as he could that would talk to him, even if it was only for 30 seconds, even if they didn't want to show their face. He really tried to get as many different sorts of experiences as possible. And I really appreciated that because it would have been so easy to just focus on one person and not get like a more full picture, not see like the cinnamons next to the sunshine. The women seeming to do well and be like prosperous and like I'm only doing this for a short period of time was a smaller percentage of the women who seem to be in this cycle of poverty and drug addiction as most of these women were. I think it is important for people to see things like this. I think it's important for us to know that these kind of situations are happening. I also am going to give this movie a four. I think you should watch it. I hope Jennifer is doing okay. I hope so too. I really want a where are these ladies now? Where's Bobby now? I really liked how Alexander Perlman would, the way it was edited together, Mm. if someone talked about some aspect of the truck stop sex work lifestyle, he would go to someone who was representing an example yes. of it. I really, really like that too. He really made it a point to for it to be cohesive. I wouldn't call it the style of an educational film because we've seen things like that at this point on Documenteers, mm-hmm. but it almost is. Yeah. And I think it would be a worthy film to watch if you're trying to learn about something like that. Absolutely. This is excellent editing. Mm-hmm. Really excellent. Just get your spelling uh, right because it's a little funny when, yeah. when that gets past you. Then we start making fun of, like, morality rates and stuff. I actually think that he could have left out all the captions. Probably. He didn't really need those. I understand what he was trying to do, and I think that does go more towards the education bit. He also was trying not to narrate. And maybe he didn't have a chance or didn't want Jennifer to introduce herself as someone who used to be a truck stop sex worker. So he wanted to put that up there so could just tell us quickly. Normally, when you don't notice the director, that's a good thing. Yes. I felt like in my head that this, that I was really trying to get a feel of what I'm assuming and must be Alexander Perlman's style. I was very conscious of the director while watching this, but I didn't necessarily think that was a bad thing because everything just seemed interesting to me. I really want to know, we need to look up to see if this guy's done anything else. I would like to watch more by him. And I'm curious to, if he has done more or will do more in the future, We'll check it out and compare and contrast stylistically with this film. He's probably someone who is a fan of Errol Morris. Aren't we all, babe? I mean, yeah. Aren't we all? If I had picked the rating scale, we might be doing Errol Morris's. (laughs) It was, you know, it's practically a coin flip on that. (laughs) But folks, that's our movie, 8 out of 10 Herzogs. Yes. For Alexander Perlman's Lot Lizard. Watch your dicks, our trucker friends. That one's got stage three syphilis. Rest in peace. Keep on docking. He's right there. You don't see him? Oh, yeah. I didn't even notice him. He's so quiet and unassuming. They document the documentating of documentaries. Yeah, that's correct. And uh, the guy we have here, he won't talk. His name is Richard. Don't laugh at Richard. He's very sensitive. 
says, My name is Keith, not Richard. Didn't know his name for a while. I was calling him Richard. I think I called him Anthony when I first met him. Punks with hats. I mean, it's just about dudes that wear hats. Keith. Keith. Okay, Keith. Johnny, you'll notice there's a guy in a lab coat writing down everything we say. I see him, yes. Yeah, he made me nervous last time. It wasn't the first podcast jitters. It was definitely Richard in the lab coat. Maybe I'm just upset about having a stranger constantly in my house. He looks like he's trying to make direct eye contact a little too much. I don't know if that's for scientific reasons. <laughs> he's doing it right now. And Keith, uh, he who transcribes all our episodes, he's sitting right there, quiet. That makes sense. <laughs> Angela hates the CDD. They suffered a fire, and Keith has passed away. <laughs> Name was Diddle. Uh, Keith Diddle. I don't know what's up with these guys' names. They found a gas station egg roll lodged in his throat. <laughs> Inside of Keith, a baby possum. You know, he never hurt anyone, though. Keith was a good guy. Anyway, he is gone, and we promised a send-off for Keith, and it is at the end of the episode. Have you wondered why there's a guy in a lab coat writing down everything we say as we record these? I don't, I don't see a guy in a lab coat.